Hello, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky, tucked away under the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. So today is Monday, December the 11th, and uh, so glad to have Alex Newman uh, back on the program. What a great uh, man of God and great uh, speaker, and just he does so much for the body of Christ and such cutting-edge research. And uh, he's the real deal, my friends. If you know Alex, you know that to be the case. He's boots-on-the-ground research uh, author, speaker, and uh, we've crossed paths a few times, and uh, this is his second time here on the MBW podcast. But we're going to be talking about uh, climate change. I'm calling this climate change and the end of the world as we know it, because, of course, they're out there claiming climate change is going to end the world. Uh, and in a manner of speaking, they're right, because they're trying to change the world and usher in a one world system and using climate change as a pretext for that. And Alex Newman is really one of the experts on that. Uh, I'll say more about that in just a moment. But before I do, I just want to look at one passage of Scripture that I think is relevant for the topic today. Uh, we always like to start our program with a, uh, a passage from the Word of God. And so Genesis chapter 8, of course, the context is the flood. And uh, after the flood, God makes a covenant. We call it the Noahic covenant with Noah. And this is what we find at the end of Genesis chapter 8. The Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. And uh, so I've written about uh, climate change in a couple of my books going back to 2012. I talked about the leaked emails uh, from uh, Copenhagen uh, and that it kind of expose a lot of the behind the scenes uh, fraud of the climate change uh, hoax. Uh, and then, of course, in my latest three books, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volumes 1 and 2, and Spirit of the False Prophet, we touch on this as just one of many pretexts that uh, the Luciferians use with their human accomplices to try to uh, take over the world. And so I just wanted to kind of have Alex on today. Uh, by the way, you can check out notbyworks.org and uh, check out all the free resources there, as well as our store, if you're interested in those books. But Alex uh, is going to actually be, by the time this program airs, he will be at uh, the COP28 uh, meeting in Dubai. He has attended uh, other climate change summits in uh, Copenhagen and elsewhere, and uh, uh, really has his finger on the pulse of, of what's happening behind the scenes. So, Alex, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, welcome back to the program. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me, JB. All right. So uh, what do you think of my title, Climate Change and the End of the World as We Know It? Kind of a play on words there. Am I uh, far off on my assessment? <laughs> I, I love the play on words. Yeah, they, they are the, the climate um, alarmists, if you will both those true believers and the ones who know that this is a scam, uh, they are portraying this as the end of the world. Uh, in fact, it's even worse than that. At the last one, uh, the last uh, conference of the parties, number 27, that was in uh, Egypt. I was there uh, covering it for the New American Magazine. We had uh, the head of the United Nations, Secretary General Antonio Guterres, stand up and say we were headed to climate hell with our foot on the accelerator. 
And then uh, Joe Biden stood up and said, yeah, we're definitely on the way to climate hell. Um, but apparently, if you buy enough carbon credits, you pay for enough indulgences, uh, maybe you can get to climate purgatory. Um, and so that's uh, that's the key right there. We got to give Al Gore more money. Uh, so they're portraying this as, as kind of an end of the world scenario. And it's interesting because the Bible addresses some of this, right? The, the Bible uh, explains that um, heaven and earth shall pass away but my words will not pass away. So we know eventually the planet's going to be cooked, right? It's just, you know, no amount of regulation and taxation and UN programs and Biden administration executive orders are going to stop whatever God has coming. But, um, but if, if you look at the transformation that they want to bring about using this climate hoax as a pretext, um, it is the end of the world as we know it. Um, we're talking about the end of national sovereignty. We're talking about the end of self-government. We're talking about the end of what remains of the free market economy, the middle class, especially in the Western world. And uh, we're talking about the end of individual liberty. Um, you know, to try to put it really simply, they are arguing that carbon dioxide, the gas that we exhale, literally about two pounds every single day, uh, is actually a dangerous toxic pollution that's going to cook the planet if we don't pay taxes to the UN. Um, and, and it sounds ridiculous because it is ridiculous. Because if they can claim that CO2 is a pollution and every single thing you do, including being born, existing, eating, turning on a light switch and dying, releases CO2, then every single thing you do can be taxed and regulated by these people who are supposedly going to save the planet from this toxic pollution. So we are, are staring at a catastrophe if these plans go forward. Um, and so I love the title. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, you know, you've touched on a lot right there that that I, I hope we'll elaborate on as we go through the program today. But uh, we need to understand this from the ultimate biblical perspective of the cosmic struggle between God and Satan and Satan's uh, attempts to take over this world and make it uh, all his own. And in my most recent book, uh, Rise of the Global Technocracy, Spirit of the False Prophet, I talk about the, the full spectrum planetary control grid that they're trying to roll out. And you just uh, really explained how this climate change is so central to that control grid because if they can convince people of this you know otherwise laughable notion uh you know if it weren't so serious it really would be humorous uh then they've really got control over every aspect of our lives don't they they do and you know now they're coming for the church jb so so this is not something that's like just some abstract threat that, uh, you know, is for other people to worry about. Um, I, I've been giving talks around the country uh, over the last few months about how they are weaponizing churches, religious denominations, religious leaders in this war on humanity, in this war on the gas of life. Um, and, and it really is becoming ubiquitous. Um, you know, they, at the last one of these, they unveiled the new Ten Commandments. Uh, they had this, this bizarre spectacle at the top of what they call Mount Sinai. It was a climate repentance ceremony where uh, you had a bunch of pagans and spirit worshipers, demon worshipers, ancestor worshipers, you know, Hindus, Buddhists, Shintos, uh, supposed Catholics, evangelicals, uh, Orthodox, all, you know, dancing around, you know, it reminded me of the prophets of Baal, uh, you know, apologizing to the climate gods or whatever for their carbon emissions. It was so preposterous. And then after that, they break out this new 10 commandments that we're supposed to bow down to things like uh, you got to change your inner climate and compassion means feeling the cries of mother earth. I mean, just total, total pagan nonsense. 
um and, and they even it really blasphemous the the guy who was holding the tablets uh, you know gives this silly speech about we demand world leaders do more to save us from co2 and then he smashes the tablets on the floor uh you know like moses when he saw um the hebrews worshiping this ridiculous golden calf uh and i, I don't know if he understood the irony the the absolute uh, parallels with what really happened there um but uh it's it's really bizarre. And yeah. so the the religious angle, I think, should really be of concern to Christians. You know, the world does what the world does. It's ridiculous. But when you see this stuff infiltrating the church, when you see pastors and preachers and whole denominations demanding that we bow down to the UN for the sake of saving the climate, that you know uh, we've got a real problem on our hands. Yeah, and that, that really is an, an obvious manifestation of the spiritual nature of this battle. It really is, as Paul says in Ephesians 6, a spiritual battle. Our, our battle is not against Al Gore, who, as you said, just wants everybody to give him their money and that he'll solve the problem. Our battle is not against Joe Biden. Our battle is against uh, the, the evil forces. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of sad that you, you talked about how they, they, they you quoted that, you know, we're heading towards climate hell with our foot on the accelerator. The sad thing is there is a a, a real hell, you know, climate hell is a man-made fabrication. <laughs> right. There is a real hell that is that exists, and that's the eternal destiny of those who don't place their faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again for our sins. And so um, I hope if anybody's listening to this, uh, because a lot of times these podcasts, as you well know, Alex, uh, get forwarded around to people that may be skeptics when it comes to uh, the Word of God, and, and they may not be believers, but they have an interest in these types of current events. And so if you're listening to this program today by Providence and you don't know the Lord Jesus, let me implore you right here at the outset, trust in Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can forgive sin and give the gift of eternal life. But you know, you talked about the prophets of, of Baal and kind of the, the ironic parallels there to, uh, you know, the, just really the ultimate satanic agenda behind it. And I have to wonder, they may not have been aware of the irony of of the uh, of Moses' experience uh, on the mountain when he saw the golden calf, but I have to believe, at least at some level, the top level, they are fully aware of the satanic overtones of this. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think there's two different categories of people involved in this evil agenda. There are those who are knowingly, consciously, willingly serving their father, the devil. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I suspect that group is significantly smaller than the other group that doesn't realize this. And, you know, I, 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 I quote very frequently the words of our Lord, our Savior and our King. He's quoted twice in the Gospels in uh, Matthew and in Luke saying you're either with me or against me. And um you know, and, and, and that has really significant implications for all of this. So a lot of the people who who don't consciously recognize that they're serving evil, they they maybe think that they are uh, worshiping some some statue or some idol that they've concocted in their mind. They might even be worshiping their own appetites. They might be worshiping mammon. Right. Uh, uh, I just want more money for me. I'm a humanist. I worship myself. I am the highest authority. Uh, all of these people are serving Satan. Many of them just don't realize it. And, uh, and I think when you get to the highest levels of this, uh, what you see is it is exactly what the Bible describes. It, Satan is the commander in chief. He's got minions under him. He's got these powers, these principalities, uh, these uh, demonic forces that are very much intertwined, unfortunately, with the, the human element that is also waging war on God and God's people and the word of God and truth and everything else. 
Um, and, you know, exactly how many would fall into each camp is hard to know, you know, in terms of, you know, what percentage of these people are actually consciously serving Satan. But some of them have come out and said so, right? You've got a lot of Holly weirdos, for example, out in Hollywood who've said publicly on camera that they sold their soul to Satan in exchange for money and fame and uh, prosperity and things like this. Uh, and, you know, Jesus, it reminds me of Matthew chapter four. There's this fascinating story in Matthew chapter four. Um, Satan takes Jesus up to this high mountain and, and says, hey, look at all these kingdoms. Right? Look at all the glory of all these kingdoms. Right? Just bow down and worship me a little bit. And, and it's all yours. I give it all to you. Right. Um, and and that's a real thing that actually happened. And, and I think a lot of Christians don't process it like that. But that's that was an actual event that actually occurred. Satan tried to tempt Christ by offering him the, all the kingdoms of the world. Now, we don't want to misunderstand that. The, the kingdoms don't belong to Satan by right, but God has given Satan a certain amount of authority to, to do what he's doing on the planet right now. And he's got a huge segment of the world's population following him. Um, the Apostle Paul tells us that he has blinded the minds of them which believe not. And so it makes it very easy to manipulate these people into totally idiotic things. Like we're going to save the planet by having UN taxes on the gas we exhale. Um, you know, a, a rational, normal mind that is grounded in reality, that is grounded in truth would look at that and laugh. I mean, that, that's so preposterous. What kind of idiots do you think we are? Uh, and yet you've got millions and millions of people around the world who are now falling down and bowing down to this idol of, uh, you know, climate change. So, um, yes, ultimately, this is satanic. And I, I don't know that most of the, the people involved in this actually understand that, but at the highest levels, they certainly yeah. do. Yeah, and let's take it a little bit further, because I really like like the, the dichotomy that you're you're pointing out there, because we, we do want to understand it. It's important that not everybody is a card-carrying Satanist, so to speak. Uh, but there's another category that you kind of touched on that I'd like to elaborate on, and that is there's a whole segment of people who who are not really even doing anything overtly evil, they just have bought into the lie. They genuinely believe, as scientists, uh, uh, this this information. They've been deceived. I, I remember uh, years ago, uh, even before my, well, actually, right after uh, Great Last Day's Deception came out in 2012, I was speaking uh, twice, uh, two different trips at a church in Juneau, Alaska. And one of the church members there, one of the leadership team members, was a guy that was very uh, well uh, connected, very well off. Um, in fact, he took us out on his uh, his yacht out on the ocean. We we just had a great time. Man of God, a believer, and uh, and very connected in the Alaskan government. Uh, as you know, the capital of Alaska is in Juneau there, and they even took me up to the to the Capitol building to try to meet some of the folks there. Uh, but he was a scientist and he had bought into climate change and didn't like the fact that I had touched on it briefly in that book and, and tried to dismiss it. Now, I know he's not overtly worshiping Satan, but he has bought into a satanic lie. And I think there are a lot of people out there. And the analogy I like to give and it really is is analogous in so many levels. If we had more time, we could dive into that. But the whole uh, COVID and 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 vaccine scam is is very similar because so many doctors who grew up, you know, being trained under Western medicine bought the lie, and they weren't co-conspirators intentionally. They're not out there knowingly spewing, you know, deadly information about you know the death shot and that type of stuff. They just believe the so-called science, and and I think that's what we're dealing with, sadly, with a lot of people today. And I guess I would ask this in the form of a question. Has it, has it been going on so long now, uh, and maybe you can give us a little bit of the history going back decades, that that a whole generation of, of people 
really does believe the hoax now? That's a good question. Um, you know, we have some new polling data, but as you we were talking, a, a verse came to mind. Um, you know, it, it, Satan is always trying to deceive people, including the people of God, including Christians. And and Jesus warned us about this. If you go to Matthew 24, Jesus is, uh, is talking to his disciples. He says, see that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. So we have people who are coming in the name of Jesus. We have wolves among sheep who are spreading satanic lies. And uh, unfortunately, if I mean, Jesus wouldn't have warned us if it wasn't possible for us to uh, fall victim to these deceptions. And so uh, that is a very, very real problem. Now, uh, I'm pretty encouraged by what I'm seeing uh, in the United States, at least right now, as far as people believing this. I and mean, we do have way too many people buying into this hoax, but... Uh, it could be significantly worse. In fact, there was just a poll that was released uh, pretty recently. Let me see if I can find the data here. Yeah, so this was released um, uh, earlier this year. Uh, it's a 2023, the latest data. And uh, this was released by the University of Chicago and the AP NORC Center for Public Affairs Research. So this is a, a you know mainstream polling agency. My, my guess is the situation is even better for skeptics than they would lead you to believe on this poll. And they asked people, you know, first, they, they did, I think, a, a much better methodology than what you typically hear, because a lot of these fake polls, they'll say, uh, you know, they'll call people and they'll say, do you believe in climate change? Well, if they called me and said, do you believe in climate change? If I didn't know what they were up to, I'd say, of course. The climate's been changing since God put the planet here. <laughs> I mean, Vikings used to farm on Greenland back when it was a whole lot warmer. Now all that's left is the ruins there because you can't farm on Greenland because it's cold. So yes, of course I believe in climate change. But then this uh, AP Nork poll, they went one step further. They said, okay, if you believe in climate change, they asked those people who said yes, do you believe that human activities are causing this climate change? And when you ask that follow-up question, what you find is that less than half of American adults actually believe that human activities are causing climate change. Uh, right now it's at 49 percent believe this narrative so less than half i suspect the number is probably even smaller than that uh, and so that's encouraging the but on the flip side i can break it down further so you've got among democrats i'm looking at the graph right now 60 percent of democrats say they believe that climate change is caused uh, mostly or entirely by human activities uh, among republicans that number is only 33 so less than a third of republicans actually believe this silliness uh, among independents it's 42 percent and among the whole american adult population it's 49 percent which means 51 percent of people do not believe this narrative what's the the real issue here though is they've got the next generation right mm -hmm. the the young children who are sitting in government indoctrination centers posing as schools for 12 years are hearing nothing but a steady bombardment of climate change propaganda that makes it very difficult to counteract that later. And it's it's not that these children are being taught logic and reason and how to evaluate the quality of evidence and things like this. They're being conditioned like Pavlov's dogs to have a, a, an emotional reaction uh, to climate change ideas, to, to climate change denial as they're being trained to think of it. And so they do the equivalent of drooling when they hear somebody say, you know, maybe maybe you've been deceived. Maybe human emissions of CO2 are not going to cook the planet. Um, and so the, the children are the real, uh, I think, target of these climate change nuts because they know they're not going to get the adult population anymore. They've tried that. Uh, they're now censoring the Internet, JB. Uh, in fact, I've got a, a video of the uh, UN communications czar, the Undersecretary General for Communications, Melissa Fleming, bragging at the World Economic Forum last year that they have a partnership with Google to silence everybody and, and, and suppress all the information that contradicts the silliness and to promote UN propaganda. And I've watched that happen. I, I've watched our articles that used to be at the very top of Google 
Google results because they were the most popular. They were the ones that had the most links to them. Uh, now you can't even find them. Instead, you get endless pages of UN propaganda, CNN propaganda promoting the hoax. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with Americans that after you know several decades of this nonstop propaganda, most of us still reject the hoax. Yeah, it really is sad because I can remember when I first kind of woke up to the the world as it really exists about 18 years ago. At that time, you really could do a lot of research on the Internet and watch YouTube videos. Of course, there's always been a lot of junk out there, but you you had access to truth tellers. And now you just don't. It's it's kind of hard to know what to tell young people in the way of uh, where to do uh, do the research. But, uh, you know, you mentioned the how this has infiltrated the church, and I kind of gave that little anecdote as well. One of the things that I think is another parallel between how they're using the climate change agenda as a pretext to for control and taking over our rights, uh, you know, the, the it, another way that that parallels what they did with COVID is uh, what what has been called, and I've, I've said this a lot, franchised tyranny, where once you get people to buy the lie, then you don't have to come in with AR-15s and tanks. You can get, you know, the pastor, the store manager, the clerk, the restaurant maitre d' or whoever to do the tyrann tyrannical things for you, uh, you know, the doctors, the nurses, those kinds of things. So, um Given the trend, which I agree, it's 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 encouraging uh, in a, in a sense, and maybe surprising that a lot of, uh, of Americans are not buying the lie. Uh, do you feel like are, are they going to be able to continue to move the the ball forward and eventually roll out these carbon trackers, carbon footprints, those kinds of things that uh, you know are essentially a a control grid for each individual American? Well, they're doing it now. Uh, it, it is not a question of uh, if they're going to do it. They are actually doing it right now as we speak. Uh, you've got multiple credit card companies now developing um, individualized carbon footprint trackers. Um, you know, you've, you've got big business on board with this. You've got governments uh, on board with this. Uh, it's especially pronounced in places like Europe. But uh, they are they are doing this now. I believe that's one of the big reasons why they are so obsessed with the central bank digital currency, um, because once they can track every single transaction that happens, they'll be able to figure out exactly what your carbon footprint is. And they fully intend to do this. I've got the videos of them talking about it at the World Economic Forum. They intend to give every single human being a carbon footprint tracker. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, they, when, when they talk about it at the World Economic Forum, they're going to help people make better choices. And what they really mean is we're going to force people to make the choices that we want them to make. Uh, one of the things that the UN has just done uh, this week is, uh, you know, Americans are eating too much meat. You got to uh, you got to eat a uh, bug protein. You got to eat uh, 3D printed garbage out of a Bill Gates funded laboratory. Um, so this stuff is happening now. And uh, one of the ways that they are going to try to force us into this is, um, you know, not necessarily by securing our consent. Part of it is what you just described, the, the franchising of the tyranny, getting the companies on board through ESG scores and, you know, BlackRock forcing this on, on everybody downstream. Um, and also, uh, you know, getting the children accustomed to it. Mm. So, um, you know, and you see it now, there's a lot of websites now where you're buying airplane tickets. I buy airplane tickets like constantly because I'm always flying, uh, which is good because then I don't have a carbon footprint. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but, 
Um, so when I buy in my airplane tickets, a lot of these websites now will say this flight is going to be X amount of CO2 emissions. Uh, do you want to proceed or would you like to pay Al Gore money to offset your carbon emissions? No, I don't want to do that. Right. But so this is what they're doing. And to your point about uh, I, I love the term you use, the, the franchising, the tyranny. Um, we saw that so clearly during the last few years. You know, I, I was talking yesterday uh, with one of my colleagues about airplanes during the, the thing. How did they get all these stewardesses who normally are so nice and so pleasant? And, you know, how can I serve you, sir, to bark orders at people like concentration camp? Like, Get your mask above like, What in the world happened? It was like a, a switch went off and suddenly all these otherwise normal, very kind people became these animals, like, you know, just barking orders at people like they're, they're you know, pieces of human trash because their, their mask might have slipped beneath their nose or they spent too long eating pretzels on the plane. It was very bizarre. And, uh, you know, when they convince uh, the whole next generation that we're destroying the planet because of this, uh, you're going to see lots of little, you know, for lack of a better term, little brown shirts, little Nazis running around screaming and shrieking and threatening people for, for exceeding their carbon footprint budget. So that's coming. Uh, it is yeah. coming very rapidly. Yeah, I I, uh, I think it actually started uh, uh, speaking specifically of the flight attendants back after 9-11 when, you know, turn off your cell phone and put it on, mm -hmm. you know, this and that. And uh, and so um, but it really reached new heights with with uh, the masks and the, and the covid. Um, so, yeah, one of the things you talked about uh, is how the, they're influencing the kids through the indoctrination centers, the compulsory government schooling, where uh, sadly, they, the government convinced in the early 20th century uh, families, even Christian families, to subcontract out the raising of their children for 13 years, eight hours a day, uh, and wonder uh, why, you know, five days a week, and wonder why, you know, now here we are several generations later, and we're in the state that we're in. But uh, you pointed out uh, from one of your recent visits to, a, I think it was a World Economic Forum, might have been a one of the a different conference, but how they've got these kids doing art posters, uh, talking about how Mother Earth is sick and the problem is the humans. We have the disease of humans. Uh, talk to us about that for a bit. Yeah, that the first time I saw that poster, I actually saw kids working on it, was in Rio de Janeiro at the UN uh, Conference on Sustainable Development. This was in 2012. Uh, and they had different variations on them. You know, I think they had told the kids, like, this is what you should draw. And so they had all these little kids drawing. And it was a, a picture of like a very sick earth. And I've, I've got some pictures of it that I snapped and, and you can find some of them on the internet now. Um, that maybe, I don't know how, I don't know how bad Google has broken their algorithm, but you've got like an, a, an earth, like an anthrop anthropomorphic earth that looks very sad. He's got you know, a thermometer sticking out of his mouth and he's got a fever um and then the son is the doctor here and says uh, you know i know your problem you have humans <laughs> uh, so humans are the disease on mother earth and um this is actually the the ideology that they're instilling in children it, you know to go back to the satanic nature of this you know the very first command that god gave human beings was be fruitful and multiply like literally the first direct order he gave us <laughs> be fruitful and multiply so what are they teaching kids now well that humans are, are a plague on the planet and that if you have more children you're a, a climate criminal and you're bad for the environment they've got all these young people it's especially obvious in europe thinking that you we're not going to have kids because it's bad for the climate. What? Hmm. What kind of absurdity? I, I've, I've got the Agenda 21 book for children uh, produced by UNESCO, the UN Education Agency. Um, and they've got this one full page image. It's it, I think it's like Hindu deities or something. They're sitting up on the clouds and uh, they're obviously mad. And you know, what is going on here? Uh, you got all these storks delivering little babies in, in uh, you know, blankets and bags and stuff. And then on the next page, it, it explains what's the problem. Uh, it says the earth groans every time it registers another birth. Wow. Um, and, and when you go to these things, um, the, the hatred of people 
is so awesome. I mean, they've got people up on the stage giving keynote speeches talking about the, the necessity of more birth control, more abortion, radically reducing the population. I interviewed one guy, a, a famous uh, film director. He claimed he had made the most famous documentary of all time on Woodstock. It was Michael something. Um, and, you know, friendly enough guy, but he's up on stage giving a keynote speech about how there's way too many Swedes in the world and it's freaking Swedes. They think they're so environmentally friendly, but actually they have these huge carbon footprint. And I'm married to a Swede and I've got a bunch of children. And I'm like, wait a minute here. So I go up after him and, and, and talk to him and I didn't let him know any of that. I was like, really? Do, do we really have too many Swedes on the planet? And he just goes on this crazy tirade about how you know, way too many people, especially, you know, first world people, we got to reduce the number of and, and so they talk this way when they think people aren't paying attention. It's really, really frightening when you realize that, like, the people that are talking about is us. Um, and, and it actually has its roots, uh, I, I think, of course, in, you know, the satanic element that we just talked about. But back in 1991, a very influential organization, the Club of Rome, uh, decided as the Cold War was kind of at least officially wrapping up, they needed a new pretext to justify huge government. They needed a new pretext to justify enormous taxes. And uh, they say in this report, it was called the first global revolution, that uh, they came up with this idea that uh, environmental problems and global warming would be perfect because then, it, almost a direct quote, they say the real enemy then is humanity itself. Mm. Um, so so that's how, and, and I always wonder if these people truly believe this stuff, why don't they lead by example? I mean, they, they could jump off a bridge um, you know, Ted Turner's got five kids. You know, why is he allowed to have five kids? But then we're evil planet destroyers if we have five kids. I mean, he's the guy flying around in private jets. He's the guy, uh, you know, he's got a carbon footprint the size of a medium-sized African country. And he wants to lecture us about having more than one child. It's it's really grotesque, JB. Yeah, it's the hypocrisy, of course. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's really amazing, uh, the, the connection. And I had uh, Pat Wood on last week on Monday talking about uh, the evil twins of technocracy and transhumanism but they really do hate humanity and again it goes all the way back to the to the ultimate leader of this conspiracy satan himself who hates humanity because humans are made in the image of god we are image bearers and to the extent that he hates god he hates god's image bearers and so he's trying to do everything he can to destroy humanity so there's a direct link between the climate change hoax and agenda and the depopulation or eugenics movement of these uh these uh, you know evil uh, co-conspirators so and and as far as the control grid it, it all comes right out of revelation 13 and that that's what i've talked about in my latest book uh that just came out in september uh, the the technocracy you know the, the in, according to revelation 13 prior to the return of christ during the tribulation period there's going to come a time when uh the antichrist and his second in command the false prophet preside over a global tyranny where nobody can buy or sell anything without government permission. Well, that's exactly what they are rolling out with these uh, carbon uh, footprints. And I've seen one of the quotes, uh, and in fact, I played the video at some of my uh, messages from, I forget the guy's name, but he was at a WEF meeting. He's the president or CEO of the Alibaba group. And he basically says, look, an individual carbon footprint tracker is uh, coming. But I guess my, my question is, um, will Americans go for it or will they need some additional unfreezing event to get us to ultimately sign on uh to the one world system what do you think well i think they are going to use crisis after crisis to to get us to play ball here in fact i, I started giving talks on this uh last summer uh summer of 2022 about how um 
they have been using crises for many generations and how they have many more crises planned to bring this about. Uh, and so waiting for us, I mean, as we speak, we've got economic crisis, we've got currency crisis, we've got political crisis, we've got food crisis waiting. Uh, we've got geopolitical crises, you know, Ukraine, Russia, you got Israel and the Arabs, you got China, Taiwan cooking right now. Uh, all these different crises, they're trying to stir up a civil war in this country. They're sending paid operatives into various communities telling them they need to arm themselves because a race war is coming and, you know, whatever, uh, all, all kinds of crazy stuff. And they're trying to foment this stuff. Um, you know, that's how I believe they're going to try to bring in the CBDCs. That's how they're going to try to bring in all of this control grid. Uh, the COVID, of course, was a really, really good example of how this works. So you, you, you create some sort of crisis or exploit a real crisis and use that to, as a Rahm Emanuel, Barack Obama's chief of staff and the Chicago mayor said, you use that to do things that you didn't think you could do before, right? Crisis <laughs> is an opportunity. Um, the, the great uh, French philosopher of the 1800s, Frederick Bastiat, lawmaker, um, he hit the nail on the head. He said these totalitarians, what they do is they create the poison and the antidote in the same laboratory. <laughs> so uh, the World Economic Forum in January started talking about the poly crisis that's coming, where we're going to have all these crises converging into one giant poly crisis. And just like all the other crises, the solution for these guys is always more tyranny, less freedom for you, more of your money for them. It's just, it's like clockwork. They just do it over and over and over again. So they've got a whole bunch of crises waiting for us in the wings. They'll exploit the ones that come naturally and then create some of their own. And, and they hope that'll be enough to finally get those uh, bitter clingers, as Obama called us, to um, at least submit, even if we won't fully endorse. Yeah, no question. I mean, that that's the Hegelian dialectic classic, uh, Friedrich Hegel's model. Uh, and that quote uh, from Rahm Emanuel, a lot of people don't realize it goes all the way back to the early 16th century. Machia, Niccolo Machiavelli said, never waste the opportunity offered by a good crisis. That was in 1513. And uh, I think... Uh, politicians, world leaders, uh, you know, the Luciferian elite have been kind of practicing that model, as you said, whether it, they create the crisis or whether it's a real crisis, uh, they get leverage, uh, leverage out of it. And uh, so, so fundamentally, as we, as we get ready to wrap up here, because I know you, you've got a, a busy schedule as well. The, what we're saying is that the climate change was a manufactured crisis with an agenda that, um, is uh, is not something that you know is real even though many scientists and of course the school children and uh, people growing up in this uh, culture uh, believe to be real it really is not is that a fair statement Right. There, there, there is absolutely no problem with carbon dioxide. In fact, uh, the earth is, is starving for more carbon dioxide. Um, you know, the, I, actually, I was interviewing um, Trump's climate advisor, Dr. William Happer, a physics professor at Princeton University, uh, and, and his, his wording was wonderful. Right, And I, I don't know where he's at with the Lord, but he, he said plants are designed to live in an atmosphere with four to five times as much CO2 as we have currently in our atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And you can see the experiments of this. You, you can see uh, the same plant you know, same same kind of thing uh, in different environments. Here's one with you know 200 parts per million. Here's one with 400 parts per million, which is where about where we're at right now. Here's one with 800. Here's one with 1200. And what you see is the plants in the 1200 do really really well. The plants in the 200 are just withered up, you know, dying. So we need more CO2. CO2 is the gas of life, which is what everybody used to learn before this, this crazy hoax came about. Um, and so yes, I'm, I'm saying there is absolutely no climate crisis. Um, there is no problem with CO2. In fact, more CO2 would be very helpful for the planet. Our crops would grow better. Our forests would grow better. 
um, you know, people don't realize CO2 is not a pollution at all. Uh, again, it's the gas we exhale, and then it's the, the gas that plants absorb to do photosynthesis. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful cycle that God has created. And, and another little factoid, you know, if you accept the greenhouse gas theory, which there are very, very good papers published that suggest that the greenhouse gas theory itself is an error and should be thrown out. Uh, Dr. Ned Nikolov, a federal scientist, wrote a brilliant paper in 2017 with uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Zeller, I forget his first name, uh, another federal scientist, and this has not been refuted in the peer-reviewed literature, arguing that actually uh, the, the temperature of the planet and all celestial bodies is a function of pressure, not uh, uh, greenhouse gases. So mm. even if you believe the greenhouse gas theory, human emissions of CO2 make up a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of 1% of all of the greenhouse gases present naturally in the atmosphere. They are virtually insignificant. Now, you know, other credible scientists will tell you that, you know, CO2 and other greenhouse gases may have some very minor effect on the temperature. But either way, there's no climate crisis. There's no reason at all to be concerned about our carbon dioxide emissions. If anything, we should want more CO2 emissions. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, as you pointed out, I mean, God's the creator. So you kind of think he knows what he's doing. He is God after all. And the very first command that he gave was be fruitful and multiply. Why would he tell us to, you know, create more of something that's harmful for what he just created? It's just nonsensical uh, for those uh, with a biblical worldview. So, well, Alex, man, as always, just packed full of uh, vital information, you know, climate change and the end of the world as we know it, not the way they are uh, fear-mongering, but uh, what they know, they being the Luciferian elite, the people at the tip of the spear that are really running the agenda, trying to, uh, you know, bring about a one-world system, they know that it really will be as you said, the end of national sovereignty, of individual freedoms, and and all of those things. So uh, this is just a just a great, a powerful episode. I hope it will be spread far and wide. It's just a good primer, if you will, on uh, the uh, the the dangers and the problem of this uh, climate change hoax, and people need to. Uh, to wake up. And that's one of the things that we try to do here at NBW Ministries is just uh, wake people up to the deception uh, that is uh, growing. So thanks so much for being with us. Any closing thoughts? Uh, it's, it's an honor and a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for uh, for having me. And I thank you for all that you're doing for the Lord and for, uh, for what's right. I really appreciate it, JB, and hopefully we'll talk again very soon. You bet. And how can folks uh, reach you? And I know, again, by the time this airs, you're going to be there in uh, Dubai, uh, which is also the site of the World Government Summit every year. Uh, that'll be in March. Are you going to be at that, by the way? I don't know yet. Uh, I, I'd hope to be. Uh, it's a very, very important meeting. Uh, but so for the, the climate issue, I'll be there uh, covering it for the New American magazine. People can find it at thenewamerican.com. Uh, you can sign up for the actual printed magazine if you are into that, which we recommend. And then we've got daily headlines. You can sign up on our Rumble channel. So get all the, the content that we're putting out, keeping you updated on this. And then my personal website is libertysentinel.org. -E and uh, people can sign up for our newsletter there. It's free. And uh, again, really appreciate it, JB. Thank you for having me. Hey, you bet. Thanks so much. And God bless everyone. Have a great uh, week. And if we can ever help with anything or you need to reach us, notbyworks.org, notbyworks.org. God bless everyone. Have a great week.